Do you ever get tired of the same old boring news? Do you ever wish the news was very nearly funny? I know we did. Hi, I'm Gene Person. And I'm Greg Person. And that's why we created Anchor Persons. A news podcast. For people who hate the news. By people who hate the news. Every week, we lampoon the laughable thing that journalism has become. We make up facts about your home state. We break stories on the latest in food crime. We take two completely unrelated things and figure out how they're connected. And we keep you informed on the emotional weather. Find Anchor Persons on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or a completely different podcatcher that you prefer. Will you laugh? No. But will you be informed? Also no. Anchor Persons, the only news podcast hosted by persons. Subscribe today. We really should do that for like a long episode. Just, yeah. just at this point now, have Tim just record responses yeah and be like hey guys we got the lost audio and just do <laughs> just ch- chop it three minutes just being like i agree wholeheartedly mm, i'm not so sure <laughs> the jews uh <laughs> hmm. rich your take yeah? just give i'm gonna take the opposite slap you know shot <laughs> just start saying like right like yeah slap shot yeah <laughs> slap shot slam dunkaroonie Welcome to Brosé, the podcast for those who drink rosé. My name is Matt Casnell, and joining me as they always do are my bros in rosé. To my right, Mr. Rich Sweeten. Hi, everybody. To my left, Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hey, everybody. And across from us on a monitor, reporting live from Fraser Lanes, it's Tim Hansen. I'm pretty sure that building got torn down two years ago. Well, the, the, why are you there? <laughs> it's a time Nostalgia. Trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, is, it could be a time warp. Are you in a time warp, Tim? Are you coming to us live from a time warp? <clears throat> Sorry, we got to start over. Welcome to Brosé, the podcast for those who drink rosé. My name is Matt Casnell, and joining me as they always do are my bros and rosé. To my right, Rich Sweeten. Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. To my left, Mr. Sean O'Brien, whatever. And across from me, reporting live from a time warp, Mr. Tim Hansen. Oh, my God. Guys, it's 1997. Whoa, jeez. <laughs> uh, trying to think of 1997 facts. Uh, are this you re- Pokemon thing is blowing up. God, your AOL 5.0 is coming through great, man. Guys, Y2K in a couple years, it's going to be crazy, isn't it? Were people thinking about Y2K in 97 already? I'm sure I there were like business so. no. business no. folk were, but like that was not the... I don't remember any scare ads coming out for Y2K at the, age 8. The only references I can think of from the 90s is like 1999, all of the games came out on 9999. No, oh, yeah. And then Y2K. That's Sega Dreamcast came out on 9999. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it was Final Fantasy 8 was yeah. 9999 as well. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. wow. Jeez. The Big best day. Final Fantasy. Final I would, Fantasy I would, I would argue it is one of the best. Mm. I, I don't, I don't think it's the it's best, but favorite. it is. I'd argue it is one of the best. Mm. Ooh, hard, hard disagree. Let's save the hot takes for the end. Of the <laughs> yeah. I mean, my personal favorite is nine, but that's actually the name of Tim's new hot take segment: is hard disagree <laughs> with Richie. Ooh. With Richie, sweet, I hard, like it. Hard disagree. <laughs> Uh, welcome, everybody, to the award-winning Brose podcast, available where all fine podcasts are bought and sold. Uh, the premise of our show, as always, is to answer questions from you, the audience, about life, the universe, and everything. Uh, and we answer those questions while enjoying a crisp, refreshing glass of rosé. So if you have a question you would like us to answer on the air, uh, you want to email that question to brosequestions at gmail.com. 
That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Uh, before we get to the wines, though, uh, I have a, a bit of an update now. This is, of course, uh, we're recording this on Saturday, the 25th of September, but I think it's important for uh, a quick update. So, if you'll recall, uh, a couple episodes ago here in the Award Wing Brose podcast, Sean Rich and I made our predictions for the Philadelphia Eagles season. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, we'll have played, uh, the Eagles will have played the, their game against the Dallas Cowboys, so we don't know the result of that game yet. But as of right now, uh, the scoring is as follows Matt with one. Uh, Sean with zero and Rich with zero. Uh, I we all picked the Eagles to lose Week One against Atlanta. Uh, they won. What do you know? Uh, and then next, then the following week, I picked San Francisco to beat the Eagles, which they did. Sean and Rich uh, picked the Eagles to win that game, which just goes to show you the way to win points in this game is just endless pessimism about the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> so. I'm glad we got that update. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Let's, let's, we're going to be doing this throughout the year, uh, every couple of weeks or so. So, uh, you know, Brose, uh, Brose pick em pool for just the Eagles. Tim, your thoughts? Uh, I got 50 bucks on the Dallas game that the Eagles are going to whoop the Cowgirls' butt. So, uh, Whoa. Uh, fingers that crossed. That is a bold, bold prediction. <laughs> Wait, uh, is, is the game at Dallas or is the game at Philly? It's in Dallas. It's in Dallas. No, that's, that's going to the Cowboys. Yeah, it's Dallas on Monday night. Um, yeah, that's going to the Cowboys. Yeah, also the Eagles' uh, left tackle is out for this game. So, uh, going to be fun. Going to be fun. Uh, no, see, he, here's the thing. The other person on the other side of this bet is like, well, I don't want money from you. I want something embarrassing. And I was like, that. Ah, I'm hard to embarrass, so that's yeah. fine. <laughs> did did he tell you, or did he or she tell you what the embarrassing thing is going to be, or is it going to be a surprise? No, he hasn't come up with it yet, but he's like, it's going to happen at work. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's uh, that's that's your grave to dig, Tim. <laughs> Might want to call HR on that before you do it. Yeah. <laughs> if only we had an HR anymore. God, what a lame way to get out of a bet. Like, call HR, <laughs> get out of your half of the bet. Uh, all right, let's talk about what we are drinking today. Uh, Tim, let's start with you. Uh, you're you're coming to us live from from the Fra Fraser Lane's bowling alley. Uh, 1997. Where, in 1997. Uh, what are you drinking while you're there? So I am drinking day drinking by Little Big Town. It is a watermelon rosé wine spritzer. Ooh. Comes in a pretty little pink can. Mm. Uh, so that's actually uh, I'll I'll be drinking a bunch of little guys, uh, from different funny names and stuff because I thought that'd be funny. But when I saw day drinking, I was like, it's perfect. It huh. is perfect. That is. And, uh, yeah, I, mean, listen, I can actually taste it. It is uh, a little before four o'clock in the afternoon here that we're recording. This is perfect time for day drinking. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Sean, what about you? What are you drinking? I'm drinking the pale, a rosé by Sasha Lichin. Uh and it's good. It's a nice dry rosé, and I'm digging it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> there was a the. The, the, the rosé descriptions from Sean specifically have gone in a sort of bell curve. He's like, in the beginning, like, none of us knew what the fuck we were doing. And so it was like, okay, minimal description. Then in the middle, there was a peak where we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, tannins. And just, like, saying tannins over and over again for 20 seconds. Mouthfeel. And now we're just like, look, man, it's fucking fine. Like, it's, it's rosé. We've had, we've had, what, 50-something rosés at yeah, this yeah. point? Like, they all kind of... Yeah, tastes the same. I briefly brought this up off air, and I don't remember if all four of you were here at that point. Timmy uh, Tim was Tim was not. I think Tim, you had just you had just hopped off. We all we had, we were all together last week virtually for uh, for some fun and games. Uh, your thoughts on expanding the rose uh, guidelines to just include all wine? I'm on board with I... the with the caveat uh, that we all pick like the same kind that week. So like if we're all drinking a white, like if one of us is drinking a white, we all drink a white. Or everybody drinks a red or something like that. What do you guys think? 
Mm-hmm. I'm on board, but I also do not like red wine, so those are going to be the weeks I hate the most, but mm-hmm. I'll still do it. Okay. I but, think that'll be hard to coordinate. Okay. So I think yeah. just... Just pick wine? Just pick a wine. Just pick a wine. Well, I mean, pick... pick. A, I like picking a color, but not picking a... Like, the like if... yeah. If I disagree. If, mm-hmm. if it's all red wine, wine, it just doesn't have you to be... You hate red wine? No, I hate white wine. Oh, okay. I love red wine. I'm, okay. the, I'm the offset. I love white wine. I hate red wine, but... All right, how about we just pick wine? We'll start with just yeah. picking wine, see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, and, and go from there. Because like Tim, I prefer red wine... I've gotten used to white wine because, like, all of my my family and my wife's family just freaking love wet wine, mm-hmm. white wine. So I could go, I could go either way. But let's let's start with just expanding out to all wines. Landmark moment here on the Brose podcast. <laughs> Brose Look, podcast. It's a, this is our three year anniversary, so it, it only took three years for us to say <gasps> to drink every rose to, that's ever been made. To, to <laughs> say we're done with rose. Like, yeah, <laughs> we we my first it, one's gonna be a Pipro Noir. A Pipro Noir. Well, what? A P bro noir. A P pro noir. Bro, bro, oh, oh P bro noir. Okay, I was making a pun. Well, Matt. your second B sounded like another P. <laughs> P so it sounded like Sorry, a P pro noir. I need, a, I need a pop filter for my microphone. Yeah, get your pop filter going. No more plosives out of you, Tim Panson. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Rich, anyway, I am drinking Amore in Rosa because I'm with my Amore. The, I, the, that was cheesy, I know. It is, I'm drinking Amore Oof. in Rosa. Um, it is a uh, kind of light rosé. Um, I'm not really a big fan. It's it's quite dry. Um, but it's 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 not huevos. It's not huevos. No. It's all that's important. Huevos. Huevos. <laughs> uh, it's another great day here in the Casnell household because I'm drinking another Casnell Winemaker's Blend. Uh, I had uh, a little bit under a half bottle each of Hesketh. And of the Tomasello Winery, oh, easy for me to say, uh, Shorehouse Rosé. Uh, so I've combined those two into one bottle, as I am wont to do in these circumstances when I don't feel like going to the liquor store, but I've got like a bunch of bottles rattling around the fridge. Uh, it's so far fine. Like it's 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 quite sweet actually, and I don't remember either of these wines being like super sweet, but for some reason I'm getting the sweetness with this combination. So. Uh, if you've ever decided, hey, here's one very particular rosé and another very particular rosé, let me shake them up into a bottle because Casnell said to, uh, you'll be you'll be pleasantly surprised <laughs> with at least this, this combination. Yeah, at least this particular combination. The other one's not so much. All right, so I have here in my hand our first round of questions. Uh, are you guys ready to answer some questions? Let's go. Let's do it. And again, brosequestions at gmail.com if you want your question answered on the air. Uh, But our first question comes to us from listener. Listen, my God, what is wrong with me today? (laughs) Um, Listener, Sean Erickson. uh, Please ask the podcasters the following question. Uh, Your fellow podcast bros, fuck, marry, kill. (laughs) I'm honestly surprised it took three years for us to get an FMK. Yeah. All right. Fuck, marry, kill. Hmm. This is hard. Yeah. I thought we'd already done this and everyone decided they wanted to marry Sean. I think we only did marry. Yeah. <laughs> we might have only done marry. Yeah. yeah. Um this so, is this is this is a tough one. Sorry, Rich, but uh fuck Tim, marry Sean, kill Rich. <laughs> uh same except uh replace Matt. myself with Matt. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, bud. I uh that's fine. Um <laughs> Uh, I like hunting the most dangerous game, and so Country Strength Tim will be the mm-hmm. one that I want to kill because he's hunting the most dangerous game. There you go. Gotta marry 
Sean, uh, I'm sorry you're my side piece, Matt. It's fine. I'm Sean's, Sean's great wife material. I can't yeah. I can't stress uh, that enough. It's uh fuck Tim, marry Matt. <laughs> <laughs> God, just said, hey. So so why kill me? Um hmm. good question. Uh so here's the thing. It's less about what makes it like what makes me want to kill you. <laughs> As it and is more about what makes him want to jump my bones. Yeah, as 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 much more I want to just just do the the horizontal boogie with Tim uh because <laughs> Tim just the I look the guns are there. Uh dude dude knows his way around a toolbox and just just it's it, that country strength. It is. It is. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want whatever see that's that's you know what Tim honestly just just you throwing that back at me like that <clears throat> Gets me going. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. But and, and then Sean, like, look, like Sean and I could balance a checkbook together. Like, we could, <laughs> you know, we, we've got we've got the uh, the, yeah. the day to day locked up between the two of us. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that's it's more it's not as much like Jesus Christ, fucking Sweeten. Like, I can't <laughs> yeah. wait. I can't wait to get him out there. Like, like, uh, like you said, the world's most dangerous game. Uh, it's just you know that's just sort of way the chips fell. Yeah, yeah. So why'd you make the picks that you made, Rich? Well, like I said, uh, hunting the most dangerous game, and I feel like the most dangerous game out of the four of us is Timmy. Yeah. So uh, it'd be it'd be interesting to see who'd win, me or mm-hmm. him. Um, Sean is just he, he's that cuddly I'm, husband, I'm wife material. Wife material. Yeah. yeah. And and it's just it's really. You're the fuck because you're what's left, unfortunately. <laughs> so uh, we killed you because you were what's left. Yeah. But you're going to fuck Matt because it's like, I mean, I have no other option. It would be fun. <laughs> because yeah. it would be more fun to hunt you, apparently. <laughs> like the, spo- the look, sporting nature I, of look, it. Look, Matt. I don't we... think it's going to be that much fun because mm. the prey is going to kill you. Exactly. Yeah. But like, if I also go... think you should probably reword your uh, your your dating profile. You're you're what's left. <laughs> you're what's left. But like yeah. the thing is, like, what am I, I looking for? Like, uh, like, like, like going after Matt to kill him and hunting him. Like, it's gonna be too easy because we go out into a field and he's just pure white anyway. Well, I mean, first so, of all, I, maybe maybe not start in a field. Maybe maybe like a little bit of cover anywhere. Because honestly, Tim, as agile and as as small and as strong as he is, uh, you put him in a field. It's gonna. It, there's gonna be well, issues. There's gonna be issues for anyone. I mean, we'll we'll put you in a white sandy beach so that you can like. Blend in with oh. yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah, the the pure the pure sands of the Caribbean. Then yeah. I'd be like, oh, we'll put, where would he go? We'll put, we'll put Matt on a sandy beach. We'll put me amongst a bunch of kindergartners because they're all my height anyway. <laughs> no, Just put shave you... all their heads, then it'll be good. <laughs> uh, any other explanation you guys want to give on your FMK? It was it was to be to be honest, very close between Tim and Rich for mm-hmm. who I want to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone did know the that. beard. I want to be abundantly yeah. clear that Tim gave it a very close second. Yeah, <laughs> Rich yeah. is a very close second. Our next question is, how many shoes do you have? So we'll say pairs of shoes. How many pairs of shoes do you have? Four. I Four think. pairs of shoes. Mm-hmm. Okay. What are they? What are I, they have, like, I have dress shoes. Mm-hmm. I have uh, hiking shoes. And I have two pairs of sneakers. Okay. Mm-hmm. I actually no, I have six because I have four pairs of sneakers. But they like mm. they're just old, old ones that I only use for like mowing the lawn. And right. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The old beaters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Boy, now I'm thinking now. Uh, I've, go ahead, I've got ten. Ten. Tim has ten. Okay. Tim has ten. What are they? Are they just like all different sneakers and then some nice <laughs> shoes or no? So I've got. Let me see if I did this math right. I've got two pairs of flip flops. 
I've got two pairs of work shoes. No, I have three pairs of work shoes. Uh, because there's, it's like there's the steel toe ones that I wear almost every day. I have like a backup pair, which used to be my everyday pair. Then I have a dressier pair. Like there's steel toe shoes, but they're like, they look like dress shoes. Okay. Because if I ever had suppliers over, I'd be like, I want to look nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have three pairs of sneakers of just like different styles. And then I have like a beater pair, like Sean said. Oh, I'm over 10 because <laughs> I'm at nine right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I have three pairs of dress shoes. So okay. 12. Okay. Nice. Mm-hmm. 10. I think I have 10. I'm doing the math here. I've got the shoes I've got on now, which are just like slip on, like casuals kind of. I've got a pair of uh, like basically chucks. Uh, I got two pairs of running shoes. I have a pair of flip flops uh, and I got, I got a pair of like knockoff Birkenstock type of sandals and then a pair of flip flops that my wife got me because she can't stand the Birkenstock sandals. <laughs> uh, but but I still have the Birkenstocks because I, I don't know when to give up on a fight. Uh, I have uh, slippers. I have steel toe boots, and I have cleats. I think that's nine. Maybe I only have nine. I might only have nine. I'm forgetting one. I have ten. Just believe me, I have ten. There's a tenth <laughs> one in there that I had a minute ago, and now I don't have it. I, I think, I mean, if we're including slippers, I think like seven then. Because mm. uh, I've got uh, the the normal everyday pair of Vans that I wear, I'm wearing right now. Then I have... Um, a nicer pair of vans that I don't wear every day that are like for when I need to dress nice but not fancy. Okay. And then I have mm-hmm. my like fancy dress shoes for like wearing a suit with. Uh, then I have my beater shoes that I use to go mow the lawn and jog with and stuff. Um, I have a pair of work boots, like steel toe boots that I wear for like hiking or paintballing or anything like that. And then I have a pair of baseball cleats that i haven't worn in like six years that i just still have for some reason and then i have slippers never know might get the call up someday (laughs) yeah someday one of these days the phillies will be like hey i know you've been to a bunch of ball stadiums yeah you want to come play for us (laughs) we saw we saw you in the crowd at like a lot of different places and we think you're a scout uh do you want to just play for us (laughs) you know what i'm in let's let's do it let's do it done uh any other shoe thoughts yeah, I realized I missed a few. Okay, what else you got? Uh, I've also got a pair of uh, hiking boots, uh, a normal pair of like workman's boots, which uh, I tried to paint black, but somehow the black spray paint came out like greenish. Mm. So now they're just weird fucking multicolored shoes. Mm. Uh, and a pair of workout sneaker-esque mm. type things. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Robust shoe selection I- here. I like shoes. Anywhere between six to ten shoes. Mm-hmm. I like I have shoes. Or six way to twelve shoes sorry. for someone who hates wearing shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Just walking around with your damn hobbit feet all the time. All, all the fucking time. Uh, our next question is: What are the top three, three flavors of bagel? Top three flavors of bagel. Cinnamon raisin. Okay. Um, French toast. That is a flavor of bagel just like cinnamon cinnamon sugar it's pretty much just like an egg bagel with cinnamon sugar i guess and then usually topped with powdered sugar as well and so a donut 
pretty much. <laughs> and um, I don't know if you guys, this is a thing. This is an actual bagel you can get. It's at this place called Sharky's. It's yeah, Sharky's, yeah. It's a bacon, egg, and cheese bagel. Yes. Yes, I'm familiar with the bacon, egg, and cheese bagel. There you go. I've never had it, but I've seen it on the I, menu. I've I've had it in the past, like before being gluten-free, and it was, hmm. it's great because you get like the double shark attack, and it's a double bacon, egg, and cheese hmm. bagel on a bacon, egg, and cheese bagel. And so it's like, it's just bacon, egg, and cheese overload, obviously, but it, it's just, it's such a good bagel. Sharky's best known as being the bagel place whose sign just says bagels. Yeah. <laughs> big, big old signs like bagels on the outside, yeah, yeah. like right where the Wawa sign is and everything. Yeah. Let's you know what they are. Tim, what are your three? What are the top three flavors of bagel? That's the thing. It doesn't uh, say your top three. It is the objective top three. Uh, well, the everything bagel. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't like an everything bagel, honestly, you're just kind of a monster. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying that everything bagel seasoning needs to go on everything. But everything that sounds like what you're saying. I, I feel like this was an attack on my take when he wasn't <laughs> here that I said, mm. why do we need everything bagel seasoning? Mm-hmm. But, okay. I was there for this. Were That's you there? why I specifically mm. said that. <laughs> <laughs> Tim doesn't uh, say anything because his mouth was full of bagel. Uh, bagel <laughs> seasoning. <laughs> yeah. oh. I mean, my response was going to be, I didn't know. I didn't know that was a fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Everything Bagel. There's a bagel place down here that I can't remember what it's called, but they have a jalapeno cheddar bagel, which is amazing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, honestly, the third one could pretty much be anything. I really don't care. <laughs> you got go with t- an egg. You can make a egg statement bagel. and just eschew the uh, the third one and just say like these are the two and they're so good that I don't need the third bagel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I don't I don't think that highly of either of them. I just don't care. <laughs> All right, Tim Hansen, uninvested, <laughs> uninvested in bagels. Big, this is big English muffin coming out at us. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, big donut, big, big donut, donut big donut, out. big Thomas donut. coming at us. Sean, top three bagel flavors. Uh, everything, blueberry, and. Plain bagel. Okay. I was glad you said plain bagel because mine was going to be plain bagel. I was like, what are you guys, guys, it's, it's, yeah. it's basic ass bagel. <laughs> yeah, like, you, you do gotta, anything gotta with get it. a plain bagel. It's like a cheese I, pizza. I was, I was like on the verge of saying plain bagel and then I remembered the bacon, egg, and cheese bagel. Mm. And like blueberry is like my next go to. Like blueberry is a top notch bagel for mm-hmm. So I want plain bagel, salt bagel, and cinnamon bagel. Like I, Maybe comparable to the French toast bagel. Uh, I haven't had that one mm-hmm. before, but uh, same same vibe. So I went, give me my plain one, give me my savory, give me my sweet. So I got all bases covered. I got all my bases covered. I've got you all right where I want you with my bagel list. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've never I've never had a salt bagel. It's very good. If you like everything bagel, you're gonna like salt bagel. Okay. It's just a, li- a little less complicated. Mm-hmm. Like just, it's what it sounds like. It's a goddamn bagel with salt on it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't can't really uh, deviate deviate off that anymore. It's just a, it's bagel with salt on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any other bagel thoughts? I love bagels. I love bagels. We have bagel pretty much every morning for breakfast. Ooh. I've I've pretty much the same like Monday through Friday it's bagels, but I've just been like I need to do something else. So I want waffles this week and next Ooh. week. Ooh. So I got what do you put waffles. on your bagels? A cream cheese, butter, uh, peanut butter or butter. Sometimes jelly. Honestly, it depends on the day. Like, sometimes I really want that, like, 
melty, savory butter flavor, but most of the time it's just like, give me a fuck ton of cream cheese and I'll be a happy little child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cream cheese is solid. I'll tell you, the, the main time I put butter on bagels is if I'm eating it with like scrambled eggs and I'll just dump the scrambled eggs on it and the butter bagel with the, the scrambled eggs is mm, magnifique. Butter, butter is good on toast generally all the time. It's except, butter. Except the fact that <laughs> I only buy unsalted butter for baking. Yeah. And so then it's just not as good as salted oh, butter. Oh, it's butter. I mean, I, that's I haven't had salted butter intentionally in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like we have a we just always buy unsalted butter cuz then you can control how much salt goes yeah. in the recipe. Uh and but we we put unsalted butter on bagels and uh, English muffins and stuff like that. It's fine. Yeah. It's butter, man. Yeah. yeah. Butter y'all. Yeah, butter it, y'all. It it might be the gluten-free uh uh, breads they soak up so much more that like the butter flavor kind of disappears after a while so mm. it is next question is do you work better in the morning or at night definitely at night i'm useless in the morning it depends on what i am doing mm-hmm. uh i think my normal day-to-day job morning for sure just churn through it like my normal day-to-day work uh but I've had days off where, like, I'm going to do stuff like editing, you know, this podcast or doing some other audio stuff, and I'm much better doing that at night. Although I'm actually not really good at doing anything at night. Uh, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, like <laughs> midday usually for the audio yeah. stuff is fine. So I'll just say morning. I'm more of a morning person. I I've uh, we, I got a couple of new people in my department at work, and they've gotten into the habit of saying good morning and sending gifts in the morning. And I wake up and I see these gifts and I'm like, you guys are at about a 10. I need you down to like a two or a three right now. Right. Like, your boss like, you need to fire these people. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, they need to calm down. Um, it's eight o'clock in the morning. I, just, I don't start doing work until 930. So like they need to chill for a bit. I am not I'm a morning need, person. I'm going to need you to take about 70% off the top there. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Mm. Uh, so give, I'll, I'll do, I'll cook, I'll clean, I'll, I'll like organize the house at night mm-hmm. and I'll be more productive at night than I am in the morning. Sean, do you say so you're a morning person or an evening person? I'm an evening person. I need that. Even with work, I need that extra pressure mm-hmm. of like, Oh, it's due tomorrow. Oh boy. <laughs> I better get this done at like seven or eight o'clock at night. Mm. Yeah. And also it's, it's much more quiet. Like Alice is sleeping and there's less going on. Mm. So for me, it's night for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Tim, you said you're not really a morning person. Oh, fuck no. I hate waking up in the morning, <laughs> like, entirely. And if I am getting anything done, it's going to be for a very quick, like, hour of productivity because I'm just freaking the fuck out. It's just like, ah, I have to get everything started, and then I'm useless for at <laughs> least two hours. Hmm? All right, so we got a couple of morning people, a couple of evening people. Well, actually, no, one morning person. One morning person. One, one, two, three, evening people, and uh, one morning person. Uh, I think I think the evening thing is just, I, I that was the same way in school. Like, oh, yeah, I had to, like, you know, knock out this paper, but I can only do it at, like, 10 o'clock at night because I was just like, I have all day. It's that old thing mm-hmm. where the amount of work you have expands to the amount of time that you have available to mm-hmm. do it. Um, but even then, like, I was still, like, I would just like gleefully past psychological barriers like well i'll be in bed by midnight and then i'll be in bed by 2 a.m <laughs> and i'll be in bed by 4 a.m and then suddenly i'm working on like an econ paper with like a rerun of the 90s iron man series playing on tv <laughs> and i'm like the elasticity of car sales is <laughs> yeah so like I, i'll just i'll just 
bound past those barriers that would normally get me to do work faster. Mm -hmm. I'll just like, oh, I guess I'm just going to do this all night. I was I was always a hopeful night person of, well, you know, if I just hang out and do whatever until midnight, go to sleep and wake up at six in the morning, I can get this paper done by nine and get it in on no, no, that never happened. And mm. most times my letter grade would go down at least one because hey. I handed it in late. <laughs> Honestly, that's probably the only example I have of being productive in the morning is writing a paper in the morning because I haven't done it these mm. six weeks leading up to when mm -hmm. that paper was due. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah and it was almost always an A or a B. There's only one paper that wasn't, and it was because of like I fucked up some citations, and they took yeah. off a shit ton of. Papers. I'm 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 not ashamed to say that in my senior year of high school, I used the waterworks to be able to hand in my final research paper for my English class a day late. <laughs> so you, you sobbed uncontrollably to your to your mm -hmm. teacher and got him to take the paper a day late with yeah. no with no credit being knocked off. I, I think I think she did knock off like ten points. But... Was there an excuse to go with it, or did you just start bawling and they're like, all right, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on? <laughs> I, I I said um I I think I said that I forgot it at home and 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 she sent me to the office to call home to get somebody to bring it. Oh. And uh, when I got back, so like I went to the office, I went to the guidance counselor, and I told the guidance. Counselor, I actually didn't do it. And she's like, well, go tell her you didn't do it and maybe she'll take it tomorrow. Mm. And like she said, she wouldn't. Well, that's your fault. <laughs> so I went back and it, my teacher was like, if you don't hand it in this day, this is like your graduation paper right here. If you don't hand it in, you're not graduating. Mm. So as I was going, the waterworks just started uh, and started. And like at the time I had like long hair that floofed over my eyes. And I was like, thank God I have long hair that goes over my eyes. But as I walked in, class was over ending. And I was telling her what was going on, and I was the waterworks. She's like, "It's okay, it's okay, you can handle it." I guess the prospect of not graduating would yeah. be enough to kick that in. That, like, and that's really what it was: was if I if this doesn't go in, I'm not graduating, and I fucked up. I, I royally fucked up. Hey, you made it here today, though. Yeah, co-hosting the award-winning Rose <laughs> podcast. Uh, next question: uh, subject line. Maybe people don't write anymore. I don't know. Frowny side emotic emoticon uh question what is your least favorite number to write repeatedly i have strong feelings about five and this is from listener charlie Brett. any number that you hate to write repeatedly eight because it always comes out different each time because mm. like no matter how fast or slow you're writing eight mm. it's just it always looks even that little bit different there's no it's like handwriting especially mine with how bad it is there's no symmetry to my eights, and so it always just looks bad. Just like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to write an eight anymore. Mine's a five. Why five? Uh, because pretty much every other number besides five and four, my pen never comes off the paper to write. So to me, all of those are very swift and consistent. I I have less of a consistency issue, I think, except for five, hmm. just because it, like it sometimes the bar for the top of the five isn't even connected and i've tried doing the thing where it's just like well just write the whole number starting at the top do the flat part and then come down and i'm like yeah what no. kind of sorcery it just is looks that? like a fucked up s <laughs> yeah with a five no sir yeah yeah uh, and the four it's just like it it's it's three quick lines so that's mm -hmm. not even an issue for me but mm -hmm. the, the five always ends up looking stupid if i have to write too many <laughs> uh sean what's your least favorite number to write I'm going to agree with Rich and go with eight yes. because my eights, if I'm writing too quickly, look like nines. 
Mm. And then you have to go back and write this and like extra draw in the bottom circle. So it's it's just the most frustrating, I think. It's just eight for some reason I can't get my I can't wrap my stupid brain. <laughs> there, there there was a point in my life where I would draw an eight with an S and a slash. And so it's not even loopy on the other side. It's just S and then a straight line to the top again. Like I I hate writing eight. <laughs> So you you would lift your pen up and then do that slash? No 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 it would it would be an S and at the bottom of the S it would just be a diagonal upwards line. Oh that's that's I've seen that before. Yeah, that's not unusual. I also wasn't entirely paying attention when Matt was reading the question, so I missed the part where it says I have strong feelings about five. <laughs> Charlie, I'm glad that we are still the same person. <laughs> yeah, strong feelings about the number five. He's very upset about it. Uh, mine is six, uh, for a few reasons. One, uh, my, my B's and my lowercase B's and, and sixes look the same. Mm -hmm. So causes a problem with that. And secondly, uh, Charlie makes it clear. What is your least favorite number to write repeatedly? And I've only heard bad things about writing the number six repeatedly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I don't need that kind of, uh, that kind of sorcery, that kind of evil in my life. So six. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's a pretty good song though. Mm. The number of the beast. Uh, six. any other number thoughts? How'd you guys like that Bruce Dickinson right there? Just nailed it, right? It was, it was crushed. It was, it was great. Absolutely. Yeah. We're gonna get copyright straight because I'm too good. Yeah, I've never <laughs> I've never heard anything better than that one. There we go. Uh next question is what do you wish more people understood about you? This is a tough one. I wish people recognize my Bruce Dickinson impression is fucking <laughs> spot on. <laughs> Working on it for years, goddammit. Tim, what do you think? What do you what do you wish people understood about you? more uh, i don't i don't know mm. uh, yeah no i i have no idea the problem is is that we host this podcast <laughs> and we've been talking about us for three years and it's it's we've revealed a lot about ourselves mm -hmm. in in one form or fashion so it's and, it's and, difficult and within our group like we're all pretty outspoken mm -hmm. about ourselves yeah yeah so it's like we we've had a lot of very open conversations yeah. which i've realized is not common in most friend groups yeah. no it's not no you're not gonna get a lot of start like there's no turn here where i just like actually i hate sports like it's, it's <laughs> like, this is, there's nothing like that coming uh in in that sense like the things that i like i generally talk about liking the things that i yeah you know, the things that bother me i talk mm -hmm. about those um yeah this is this is tough this Actually, I think challenging. I got one. Okay. Um, Martha and I were talking about this last time she was down a little bit. Mm. Um, it, it's there. I don't remember what sparked the topic, but she was talking about how I was really, really into something. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, you're really, really into this topic. I was like, uh, no, I'm, I'm not. Mm. And I guess when I when i listen to something or it's just like oh i i i'm vaguely interested in this thing i'm going to find out a lot of information about it just because of my curiosity but then i very quickly have more than a typical passing knowledge than most people who would have watched the same thing mm -hmm. so my retention of information is a lot higher and people take that knowledge as really deep interest and for the, there's really just nothing that I'm super, super into like mm. electronics. Like, yeah, that's fun, but it's not like I will never be on the level of 
being an IT person. Putting a computer together is more like a puzzle than it is anything else. And even like puzzles, I get bored of, and then I just don't do any. Hmm. So, and that's hard for, I, I've had that conversation a couple times, uh, and that doesn't make sense to people. So like, you guys are really passionate about sports. Richie is really passionate about video games and stuff like that. It's like, I am interested in video games. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm super passionate about anything. Hmm. So I guess that's, that's it. Or it's just sort of like a renaissance man. You're, you're, you're fashioning yourself mm -hmm. as here is like, you know, not a little bit about everything, but you're like, a, you have a decent well of knowledge about a number of different subjects, even if it's not something that you would consider a passion of yours. Yeah, and I, I guess, but and and it was also kind of like a sad acknowledgement because it's like, yeah, there's nothing that I'm really typically like particularly passionate about. But I, I, I personally wouldn't see that as something negative or to be sad about because you are the jack of all trades, and that's what brings you into being the social chameleon that you are, is that you know a decent amount about a lot of things that like you're easily sociable, and and like it's. I, like, it, it to me that's just an an awesome feature. Well, thanks, bud. You're welcome. Bud. It could be that, in spite of what you might actually like think or or believe, that your passion is actually people. It could, could be, be that that's what you're passionate about, in spite of the fact that uh, you've said on repeated occasions that you, that you don't like people. Uh, but but <laughs> it, it, but that. it could be that you, that's what your passion is, and so you look to relate to as many people as possible, and that's what you're passionate your, about. Your your passion is to find the people you don't hate. Yeah, I just got to keep looking. And the journey continues. <laughs> uh, Sean, what's people? You what's something that you wish people more uh, more people understood about you? I wish more people understood what the fuck I said. <laughs> um, I think this is so hard. Mm -hmm. The perhaps That's what she said. <laughs> yes. Uh, hard pass with Tim Hansen. <laughs> uh huh. So hard to disagree. Uh, the. Uh, I think that, so if you are listening to this podcast, and that's the only experience that you have with me, if you were to meet me in person, it would be a completely different person that you're going to meet. Like, it's, it is, you know, I'm like, kind of outgoing and funny in quotes <clears throat> on this, on the podcast, but like in real life, I'm much more introverted and withdrawn, and I'm not really good at small talk, so like... I think if you, I think, so I guess just in general, like the, the person on this podcast is a character, is a caricature of myself. It's not my whole self. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you would, I, you'd probably be disappointed if you, <laughs> if you met me in real life. Yeah. So, yeah. You hear that story a lot, like, like people, whether they're doing like a, like a podcast for a major company or just doing stuff like this, like the moment you stick a microphone in somebody, like they're, they're automatically aware of like. The what they are, they become more self-aware. They yeah. become much more like, oh, I'm sort of putting on a show. I'm performing. There's this microphone in front of me. So even if it's just a show like the, you know, admittedly award-winning Brose podcast, uh, you know, it's you know, you, you do play it up a little bit. This is entertainment. This is this is something where you know, if we do sit here and be, you know, you're you are more introverted. I have moments of introversion. We all kind of do. Mm -hmm. Like you know, that, that makes for a shitty podcast, though. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it yeah, does. it does. Yeah. So it's 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 you're you're definitely you're you're dragging yourself. There have definitely been days where I don't like where I get together with you guys. I'm like I'm glad to see you guys, but I'm just like I don't know if I feel like 
talking and trying mm-hmm. to be funny and, in, and insightful for four hours, but here we go. Yeah. <laughs> here just, we go. Let's just do it. It's one of the nice things though. Cause I feel that way a lot as well when I come in and I'm just like, I mean, or I'm like having a bad day and I'm like, this is just, I don't feel like doing this, but it's like, it is, uh, you know, it's a commitment that we've all made and, uh, you can't tell. Mm-hmm. Like when I listen, I'll listen back to those episodes yeah. when I was like, I feel like I did such a shitty job, and it's just like, no, fine, yeah, it went fine, <laughs> yeah, it yeah, went fine. I've I've gotten we've finished episodes and on my drive home be like, man, we were we were like a little off, or like during like some of the digital episodes, it's like we were a little off today. Well, I don't I don't know how this is gonna sound or how mm-hmm. this is gonna go, but then I listen to it, I'm like, yeah, I thought we were doing bad. We were great. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yep. Rich, what's something that you wish more people understood about you? I, I've come up with a few, but I'm going to pick this one because it's more timely and relevant right now. Um, my jealousy towards you does not mean I'm le- any less proud of you. In a sense of... How about uh, it? Uh, I, for instance, a buddy of mine who I've known for a while, he recently, within this past year, started a YouTube channel called Hype Pokey Pete. I showed Jacob Hype Pokey Pete. Mm. I've showed a bunch of other friends. He just reached 5,000 subscribers on YouTube, and I'm super happy for him. That's awesome. That's amazing. But I'm totally jealous because I've been doing PodQuest for how long? We've been doing Rosé for how long? And I don't think we have those subscriber numbers. And I'm just like, it has brought me down. But it's also like, I'm so proud of you. But I'm also, man, Hmm. like this happens a lot to me Hmm. because I'll show somebody how to play golf. And immediately, within two weeks, their world's better than me, but I've been playing for 15 years. And I'm just like, I'm proud of you for being really good at this, but it also, I'm so jealous of the fact that you are this good at this when I've been doing this for as long as I have. Like, And it's, I, I don't I don't want it to be like a negative thing, but it's just more of a, all right, this is just, this needs to push me to try harder, push me to do more, hmm. to get to the point where I'm, I feel I'm on the same level as this person. No, I buy that. I mean, like, you can absolutely be happy for a friend while still, you know, saying, like, boy, I I, I would... Like, and it's almost like it's, it was envy, but that's it's the envy that kind of drives you. It's yeah. like, I if they could do this, I could do this. Yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I buy that. Um, so I've been racking my brain a little bit, and I think where I ultimately come down is, I, I think I, I have, over the last couple of years of my life, there was a period of time where I sort of had a nice balance of, like, you know, social time and, and alone time. And then there's a period of my time in my 20s when it was, like, all social. Like, if I wasn't doing something on a weekend, even if it was just, like, you know, hanging out with my roommates, it was a, it was like, we got to do something. We got to do something this weekend and, like, be social. And then the pandemic came through and, and it was like, I got to be alone. Like, I got to be by myself, at home, in my room, crying. Uh, I didn't say that. Uh, but, uh, but, like, like it, it, it there are moments I've come to appreciate both spheres of my life, the being like, you know, socially outward and, and, and getting together with, with friends and like, whether it's just online or in person, like, you know, having the party aspect, having the social aspect of life. And I also appreciate uh, the times where I'm just by myself or with my wife and, and just, we're having a quiet evening. And so I guess the thing that I would, I would say is if I am not interested in one of them, it is not an indi- I would say if it's if I am if I'm not interested in doing one of them if I'm not interested in like going out this one particular weekend it is not an indictment of anything else aside from the fact that I really I just don't need this right now mm-hmm. like uh, like it's it's more of a I would love to get together with you this is just I need this six hours to myself 
uh, you know, whether that's a social engagement, whether that's um, anything really. Uh, you know, if I, it, it, I, both of them are equally important to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a challenge sometimes because if you just say like, hey, I'm, I'm really not feeling it. I think us, our group of friends, and especially our generation is a lot more receptive to that idea mm-hmm. of just like, hey, this is your, you know, mentally you're not there today. You can't deal with, with people today mm-hmm. and that's fine. Um, but it, but it, it's still sort of coming into vogue. So I guess it's just that's sort of me mealy mouth getting to the point of if I don't go out one night or if I don't get together with you one night and I, and the reason is just like, Hey, you know, it's, you know, kind of swamped. It's not because I don't want to hang out with you ever again. Uh, mm-hmm. it's just, this is, this is the me time. This is Kaz's time to sit, sit downstairs and like watch TV. Yeah, or something like I that. think, yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense because you were in your twenties very much a social butterfly. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people remember that. And yeah. it's like, well, Kaz is the, is the let's do shit guy. Yeah, dude. It's all, I'm always, I was always a let's do shit guy. And I still like to do shit. I also like to sit at home and freaking watch Saturday Night Live at 11 o'clock <laughs> and yeah, 1130 yeah. at night now and drink a bourbon. Like, you know, it's, it's you, you change a little bit as you get older. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, any other things you wish people understood about you more? I don't think so. Yeah. Huh? We we will move on then to the next question, uh, which comes to us from listener Charlie Brem. Subject line, the drive to Dub V is very long. Uh, question, if you were going to a Guy Fieri-themed costume party, which one piece of your costume needs to be 100% perfect? So the Dub V is West Virginia. Yes. Yeah. Um, My wig. The, the flame shirt. Mm-hmm. I, it's got to be the wig for me. Like yeah. the flame, the flame shirt. I think, like the flame shirt's important, but I think you got to have some set. Like if you don't have the hair, like you're not, you're yeah. not guy. You're just a dude in a Hawaiian shirt that has flames on it. Like it's mm-hmm. he, or the the bowling shirt. Like the the, the hair is. It's the hair. It's is him. paramount. Yeah. 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 It's got to be. Toads. Yeah. The hair and the goatee. Yeah. That's the thing. Like if you show up in like, you know, I mean, like like, like all of them are important, but I think if you're if you're if you're ranking them, I think it's hair, then the jacket, then maybe the glasses. Oh yeah, the back the backward sunglasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. And, and then the car. You would need the right car. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's that 100 percent has to be perfect. Yeah, you can't be car. driving around in like a like a Toyota Yaris. We're here. Why are you creeping at me at the mention of the Yaris? I was just picturing him driving up in the Yaris. <laughs> I, I am on record as saying the Yaris is objectively the worst car I've ever driven. Like it's it's, it's a it's not a great. bad it's a bad car. It's stupid. It's small. It has no horsepower, uh, and it doesn't handle poorly. But other than that, it's fine. Well, but other than that, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, imagine Guy Fieri like pulling up to Diners Drive. We're here at the oh, God damn it! He pulls his seat back. Like, <laughs> takes just him here, little like, yeah, adjusting the. Takes him five minutes to actually climb out of the car yeah. because he has to like really adjust everything. Going to from zero to sixty in four and a half hours. <laughs> uh, and, and anything else you want to nail about the Guy Fieri uh, costume for your party? Just that it's that hair. Yeah, it's definitely like. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll change and go. It's definitely the hair. You need the hair. I I want to say the goatee, but then I wouldn't do. I would never do a Guy Fieri costume because I'm not getting rid of the beard. Maybe I can like dye the beard to look like the goatee. No. No. <laughs> mm. uh, the next question is: Explain an inside joke you have with a friend or family member. I could, I could bring one up. 
but I can't really explain it because it's something from you guys and it's two tolls. Oh, <laughs> but we can explain nice. it for the listener. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, t- do you want to do it or? Well, I've I've only seen this YouTube video once or twice. You guys know more about it, but I bring it up because any time I would go visit like Tim and Martha out, they live out in PA. Mm-hmm. They'd ask me like what route I took, and I would purposely take a certain route to not take the the the, the PA uh, expressway turnpike, just so I could say. I, I didn't take two tolls to get here, yeah. so we don't have to get some. <laughs> so the two tolls to get here comes from a Joe Budden interlude called The Helmet, uh, which was introduced to me by friend of the show, David Bennett. Uh, and, and The Helmet has a lot of great one-liners in it, but one of them, the whole point is it's uh, Joe Budden explaining how he really wants to have a, a nice romantic evening uh, with this woman. And uh, one of the lines is, uh, look, I paid two tolls to get here. You're going to get this work. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so paid two tolls to get here has become, uh, something of a mantra for, for, for our friend group is like, we, you know, this is how much we want to be here. We paid two tolls to get here. You are in fact going to get this work. Yeah. Okay. So two tolls is a good one. I think, uh, I think I know what Timmy is going to say, but I got, I want to wait. I don't me. even know what I'm going to say. What do you think I'm going to say? All right. Uh, Sean, do you have one friend or family member? Uh, two so- tolls. <laughs> so uh mine is what they're saying about broccoli and that is okay <laughs> that is um it's 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 something you say my family says when you're not listening to something and then interject into a conversation when you're not paying attention you mm-hmm. know as tim is wont to do nah. <laughs> what <laughs> but it's we were we were just i think we were watching my my sister and i were having a conversation and my mom was watching a muted tv and then just out of nowhere like the the chevron or whatever at the bottom of the screen says something about broccoli and she just screams what is it about broccoli <laughs> and so it's just when you're not listening to a conversation and interject that's what are they saying about broccoli <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Okay, so what are we saying about broccoli? Strong. <laughs> I mean, I might start working that in. Like, if I, like yeah, I, they're frequently when like my wife will say something from the kitchen or when like like she's doing something in the bathroom, but like the fans on and mm-hmm. uh, like she'll shout while she's like doing her hair or something. And I'll, I could probably just work that in now. And then <laughs> what are they saying about broccoli? And then she'd be just horrified and confused. <laughs> I like that one. See, all of my family's inside jokes are at my expense, so um, I just don't oh, really Jesus. care to share them. Um. <laughs> I was a stupid idiot back in the day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Boy. Uh, uh, so not much has changed. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. Pretty much. Like, I'll, I'll even one of them is to say 220s. And it's because uh, one time the delivery person came and my brother gave me 220s. And the guy mm-hmm. said it's like 3840. And I'm like, Eric, you didn't give me enough. It's 3840. You only gave me 220s. Oh, 220s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Math is hard. Mm-hmm. Math is hard. And then another time I was asked to go bring something to the mailbox, not really, or to the post office and, uh, not realizing that there's mailboxes on the other side of the building. And I walked to the post office, tried to open the door, the post office was closed. So I got home and they're like, did you drop that off? And I'm like, the post office was closed. Hmm. Not realizing that there was mailboxes right there. There's boxes right there to so mail stuff. I've never paid attention to them. So the, those, those are most of them. Tim, you got one? Uh, yeah, it's kind of it's uh, it requires telling an actual joke, 
but essentially either as kind of a telling someone in my family that they're being stupid or just like completely missing something very obvious or just as a general conversation changer you'll just be like uh so how's the frog uh, uh yeah <laughs> which starts with a joke that my i'm 99 sure that my sister still doesn't understand and uh always confuse the hell out of my grandmother which is a, a guy walks into a doctor's office with a frog on his head and the doctor asks what's wrong and the frog says it also i don't know it all started with a bump on my ass <laughs> and like just completely over my sister's head so and that's a very straightforward and obvious joke so trying to like break it down like like, why is the frog talking like (laughs) it's just like but but i don't get it the the frog's on the guy's head Uh uh-huh yeah Uh uh-huh so the guy had a bump on his ass no the frog did Uh. but it's on the guy's head (laughs) i want to know what rich thought i was gonna say Uh, i thought you were gonna go As a reference to Skeletor and Beast Man by yeah. Gnarl Kill. Oh, that's a good uh, one. <laughs> the, the Bam Margera side project. Uh, mine was going to be Shrooms. Shrooms? Shrooms. Shrooms. Yeah. So, uh, so, God, it's been like 10, 11 years at this point. Uh, but yep. uh, I think it was me. Tim Hansen. Tim, Tim Hansen, were you there for this show? I was definitely there. Okay, all right. I remember because Bulger was there as well. Uh, it was me, Tim Hansen, Sean O'Brien, uh, my brother, and uh, my, my now wife, Jenna, and a handful of, of others. And um, and we went to see Coheed and Cambria touring for Year of the Black Rainbow at the what was then called the Electric Factory, now the Franklin Music Hall. And there was this, there was this guy uh, outside of the Electric Factory who was trying to sell shrooms. Uh, and he would just go around to everybody's past and be like, hey, shrooms, anybody, shrooms, you guys want shrooms? And he and he hit like every one of us like three or four times because like it was a long line to get in. Uh, you know, that we were stuck there, captive audience. But the beginning of the story is we're waiting at the cars, waiting for everybody to get there so we can all go in together. Yeah. And you just see this huge guy. He's he's he like he's not just man. some guy, he's yeah. huge. That's true. And he walks up on us young, like relatively innocent. We're all like 20, 19, 19 21 years old. So when this huge guy walks up to you in the middle of the city, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, no, what's going on? Yeah. Hey, man, you want to buy some shrooms? Yeah. Uh, hey. You already asked us. I did? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to buy any? Yeah. And then he walks away. <laughs> uh, the, the capper, of course, is after asking us like four or five times. At the conclusion of the Coheed show, when we walked out, same man was out there looking to buy shrooms. <laughs> uh, he was like, anybody like, got any shrooms? Small ass shrooms. He's like lying on the sidewalk, taking up most of the sidewalk. I thought he was still Dude. walking around. Was he not? Was he Was he now parked on the sidewalk? Yeah. Just asking. Like, or that's how I remember it. Maybe I'm mixing up shows and random large people Maybe. on the sidewalk. But yeah, so shrooms <laughs> guy. Like, anybody shrooms. got any shrooms? So shrooms guy's made an appearance anytime like. I don't even remember what it is. Like, anytime anything adjacently related, like, if anything has mushrooms on it, if Coheed is playing and it's a particularly, like, psychedelic part. Because that's the thing, is, like, if you've never seen a Coheed and Cambria show, my God, if you try to watch that with shrooms... Oh, jeez. <laughs> I've never done shrooms, but my guess is it's not it's not accentuating the experience. It's going to terrify you. <laughs> that, that story was first told to me at firefly after we were like sitting around at our campsite and somebody came just walking through the middle of our campsite and just offering some form of drugs i don't remember what Mm. 
And then you guys were like, shrooms? 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 I'm shrooms? like, what's shrooms? Shrooms? Anyone? And, shrooms? and then you, exp- yeah, you explained. Shrooms. All that shrooms. <laughs> you got any shrooms? So, shrooms? <laughs> this guy sold off all his stock. Uh, I also like the fact that, that maybe I'm trying to go like into too much detail with it. And maybe he just thought that the market had deflated so much. They might be able to get like a pro- He might be able to still make a profit off of the shrooms. <laughs> and he flips them later. Uh, the next question is if your pet could talk, what would, what do you think they might say about you? If your pet could talk. So Sean's dog, of course, would critique him for being a pinko communist yes for sure gary <laughs> gary. G- gary the republican dog <laughs> sitting there reading mallard film Fillmore in the morning <laughs> this cup of joe just being like those clowns in congress <laughs> but what would your pets say about you i think martha would say i'm amazing and that she loves me very much. Jesus Christ. Oh, boy. There's a progressive show right here, Tim. And you're out here. Like, I type no, it, it It runs off of me and Martha's inside joke that she's essentially a puppy. She's oh, yeah. Easily, she's easily excitable. She has a very short attention span. And she loves everybody. And she's the inspiration for a children's book series about a talking dog. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Rich, what would your pet say about you? Uh, he'd... He'd, he'd probably just be like, he's a good boy. <laughs> he'd, prob- a good boy. he'd probably repeat everything I mm. say to him. Mm. He'd probably be like, he's a good boy. He's such a good boy. Mm. He sits. He stays. He's a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> he sits. He stays. He rolls over. What a good boy. Yeah. Uh, I can't people are like, dude, he opens doors great. <laughs> my cat's favorite thing that I do is open a door that he'd like to a room that he'd like to go into. Uh, so I'd be like, dude, I, I love it when he opens the garage. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what what a great the big guy is so good at opening doors. Yeah. Literally the best thing. Literally, Literally the best the thing. thing he does is open doors. Uh Sean? Uh they would probably just note how often I asked if they want to go outside. Because they are just so both Piper has taken to just peeing in the dining room. Good. Yeah, which is awesome. It's mm. what I love. Uh but <laughs> But so I'm so I'm constantly like, you guys got to go out, <laughs> and they're like, no, no. Why would I? I? Just the dining feed, room's yeah, right there. I just feed in the dining room. Why would I have to go out? Clearly, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm good for the next couple hours. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. You say like you're eating dinner, and they're like expectantly waiting for you to leave the dining room. Mm-hmm. So they're like, all right, all right, that's enough. Time to do my business. <laughs> uh, anything else that your pets would say about you? Mm-mm. Mm. I hope they like me. That would be a bummer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were like that fucking day. <laughs> Man, the moment I can get out of here. I hope after all this time that he's lived in my house, he does actually like me and, and just choose to live in my house for a different reason. Our final question is a great one. It's not really a question. It's a series of questions because it's the Antiques Roadshow. Guess again! Oh, my God. Uh, so, for those of you who have never listened to us before, uh, the Antiques Roadshow Guessing Game is the game that's sweeping the nation. It is America's game. Uh, the idea is that we look at an item or items that were appraised on the award-winning PBS show Antiques Roadshow. And we try to guess uh, what the item is, what its function is, and how much it is worth. Now, we've got some, uh, some notes with this week's uh, episode uh, coming to us from question compiler Mary O'Brien. Uh, unfortunately, the Antiques Roadshow website is currently unavailable. However, the front page would load. Please enjoy five rapid-fire antiques. 
uh, and the answer key that they provide us will have the name of the item and the appraised value. So we're not going to try and guess the function of it, but we are going to guess what these items are and how much they are worth. So, number one, Tim Hansen. What is this? All right. So we got two things in this first picture. There's a uh, handwritten journal, which is propped up on a little tiny easel, mm -hmm. which has different colors of ink in it. So modern enough. And then a uh, large jug or jar that's made of a uh, slightly metallic looking mm -hmm. uh, material, whether that's a paint or a finish is unclear and then has some intricate almost looks like it's etched into the top end designs not quite what you would typically see in most cultures that i would think would make something of this design it almost looks like it's made out of hematite actually i don't know what is hematite uh it's like a metallic looking stone that has magnetic properties you ever go to a gem show and you hear what sounds like fucking hissing cockroaches just constantly i don't no, know i've never been to am a gem i the show. only one who's ever been to a gem I've, show i've never been to a gem <laughs> show yeah pretty much it's it's like these two little rocks that are like oval things and because they're slightly magnetic hmm. you would separate them slightly in your hand and then throw them up in the air and they would essentially clatter together oh. but because they're like bouncing off each other and then coming back it would make like this clacking sound i think i've we seen would just annoy the hell out of people with them i think i've seen toys like that at the franklin institute like the science toys like the like mm -hmm. magnetic stones yeah i okay. mean that's pretty much what they are okay. i don't know if they're inherently always magnetized but i do know they have magnetic properties but it, it the, the stone itself looks like this okay so let's so take I'm a gonna look... go with a hematite jug okay and some a-holes journal i i don't know mm -hmm. i'm with tim this is a nematode jug uh <laughs> and the book is uh the journal of the guy saying like god this jug it's so heavy just writing it over and over and over mm -hmm. again and like complaining about writing it it's two thousand dollars all jug and no play makes jack uh, a going 2500 <laughs> um yeah. i'm i'm with matt it is a nematode jug and it's actually oh. doug funny's journal is what it is wow doug funny okay yeah because that's, that's the show good reference wrote in a journal okay um and i'm gonna say 1500 all right Sean? I'm going to agree about the jug, because it is a jug <laughs> and a journal. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to say it is $5,000. All right. So we had five. I had two. Tim at 2500 And Rich, you had how much? Fifteen. All right. So uh, the val this item is a Maria Martinez pot circa 1929. Uh, valuation at 40000 and was auctioned at $60,000. <laughs> oh. We're all off. We're all off by a little bit. Uh, next question. Next one. Number two. Uh, I'll take this one. Uh, it is a a dummy in a NASA outfit. That's the description because that's what it is. It's a dummy in a NASA outfit uh, with like a with an old worn space helmet and everything. When I say NASA outfit, it's not just like a NASA T-shirt. They visited NASA. They they have like the full spacesuit and everything. It's, yeah, I'm thinking like. 40s or 50s children's toy. I was thinking this is maybe like something they... I don't know if NASA has a museum, but like maybe something they had on display at like their... I don't know, like their visitor center or something. Oh, that's clearly a kid's face. Like that's not a man's face of a dummy. I, well, yeah, I, but I, I mean, think, it's a dummy. I think it's a female NASA doll to commemorate the first female astronaut. Ooh. That looks older than that. Yeah, it's definitely older than that. 
When was Sally? Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure the that like the, the similarity of that outfit is like early, early uh NASA voyages into space mm-hmm. because that's a real thin suit and that helmet is relatively not fancy looking. I'm gonna go way off here. If you if you zoom in on the hair, it looks like they should, they've got slight buns on the sides. This is Princess Leia going to space. <laughs> I'm uh, pretty sure that's an ear. Uh, but there's two of them. Uh, maybe they are ears. I don't know. Uh, I'll say this is worth five grand. Seven grand. Two thousand dollars. Uh, I'm gonna go nine hundred dollars. Nine hundred dollars. This is a miniature Mercury spacesuit, circa 1962. Uh, valued at five grand, auctioned off at ten grand. Sixty-two. It was, it was Matt. Matt had that. Well, I had the valuation right, but I did not get the price right. That was uh, closer to what Rich was going for. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one. Uh, Rich, take this one. It looks to be an autographed book or an autographed book in general, maybe like a like a sports team yearbook of sorts. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to assume okay. because all the autographs are on the front page. Mm-hmm. It might just be a, a yearbook as well, just like a famous person's yearbook. I can't really read any of the signatures though, so I don't know mm-hmm. who's famous that this who's famous and is, who this would be for. It does look like they're marking off numbers, so you might be right that it's uh, like a like a team thing of some mm-hmm. sort or like a like a professional sports team. Uh, what do you make of it, Sean? Yeah, it looks. I was gonna say it's a it's a yearbook too. Okay, but I don't. But like like Rich said, it's really hard to read any of the names, so yeah. I don't know who fa- who famous says yearbook this could be. Yeah, Tim, uh, what do you think? Item and uh, price. I'm gonna go with some sort of like sports encyclopedia or something of that that nature. Uh, price? Fuck, I don't. I've been trying to like see some of these numbers, but that they, they don't look like years. So that makes me think uniform numbers, like if maybe they played for different teams. Because mm. uh, some of them have a lot of numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe a minor league baseball or sports team encyclopedia. Uh, but I'm going to go with $1,200. I don't know. I'm going to go slightly below, Tim. I'm going to say 1000 Because I, I, I don't know how to gauge these, like, say, like how much a signature is mm-hmm. worth. Like, It's almost like would one signature... Mm-hmm. like. If you have like just Babe Ruth, would it be more or less valuable if you put like the rest of the nineteen twenty five Yankees on there or something like that? So I'll is, say this is there, worth a grand. Is there a famous player named Andy Thomas? I think that's the only name I can read. Uh, so it's, I don't think so, but yeah. I don't. Nothing's come to mind. Generally, signatures themselves aren't worth much. It's the signature being on something, and what the something is worth plus the signature. I'm gonna go like five hundred bucks, maybe. Uh, I'll go four thousand dollars on this one. This item is an astronaut autograph book, and it's valued at fifteen thousand dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, that was close. Tim, crushing it with twelve hundred dollars. Uh, Sean, describe this next one. It's got your favorite book on it. Oh, it does have my, my favorite, my favorite author. <laughs> so there are three books: uh, We the Living. Atlas Shrugged, and then a third book that I can't read the name of. I'm going to guess The Fountainhead. Yeah, I assume all by Ayn Rand. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And they're probably first editions and probably worth too much money. <laughs> they're, they're not in great quality, though. No, they condition. are not in great condition. You got to answer it like Ayn Rand or Ayn Rand. They're worth exactly what somebody's willing to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say 30000 Thirty grand. Whoa, that's a lot of money for. If I mean, if they're first editions, even if there's, they do look really like worn. Ten grand each, probably, mm. like give or take. It's one thousand. It's like a like a dollar for each page of each of these books. I'm, I'm gonna go books. a grand. One grand. One grand. One grand for these three books. Okay, mm. I'm gonna say you said third thirty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say ten grand. Uh, I'm going to say $7,000 on this one. We had an autograph book worth $15,000. Come on now. I know. These are are in shitty condition. These are Ayn Rand inscribed family associated books uh, valued originally at $15,000 auctioned at $20,000. Yeah, nice. You're so close. I mean, I'm I'm the closest, but I did go over, so. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say they're probably inscribed. I said we're like split the difference between the two of us because I said 10. Yeah. 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 All right. And the last one. Uh, This is an anatomy dummy. uh, It looks like an anatomy dummy. Uh, Probably used for a medical school. One of the originals, maybe. Mm. Uh, Old. Um, So you got one on the left that's got the actual like muscular, muscular, uh, skeletal outlines and the veins. And then you got the other one that breaks it up into like a diagram. Mm-hmm. So it's it's definitely like it's some sort of travel model. You can see that it's hinged in the middle, and you have a handle on the left side. So it's either mm-hmm. designed to be easily stored or as a travel device to go from place to place and teach. And the left side, you've got like the different layers broken down, and on the right, in three D. I don't know if those come out three D. Like and on the right side, it looks like it's more of a just a general breakdown of mm-hmm. the musculature from the back. How much do you think this yeah, is worth? Because the head's facing the other direction. How much do you think it's worth, Timmy? Uh, I'm going to go 6500 How about you, Rich? 800 bucks. They, they've been all pretty pretty expensive. There hasn't been any like below $10,000. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go 20000 40000 right. <laughs> <laughs> This is... <laughs> anatomy mannequin circa 1888 uh valued 300 uh-huh. uh and auctioned off at 500 dollars. yes man the one time i don't lowball yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just soaring <laughs> getting close to like a million bucks uh all right so that is our rapid fire antiques roadshow guessing game uh and that's all our questions for this episode of Brose. Now, Rich, you have a take that you wanted yes. to give us as well, correct? I do have a take. I'm getting nervous about this take. This is a take I've actually been rehearsing in my head on my long drives mm-hmm. for the past couple of weeks. Okay. Because I just... I, I gotta just get this out there. Okay. Um, so, I'm gonna be talking to certain people out there in the world. I'm just gonna be saying you. And to you, I agree with you. I agree with you that it sucks that you have that you're being forced... To get a life-saving vaccine. I agree with you that you shouldn't have to get something you don't want to get. It is your body, your choice. Hold on to that statement. We'll talk to you, Texas, in a little bit. But I also agree with where you work and with your employer 
and the places you're trying to go to that is their freedom to not let you work there anymore because you're not getting this life-saving vaccine that will protect not only you, but the people around you. You can choose to do whatever you want in this country. That's the freedom of this country. You can choose to kill somebody, but guess what? You're going to jail because there's things have consequences. And so you can choose to not get this life-saving vaccine and make the dumbest decision in your life and not trust science because you're an absolute fucking moron. That is your choice. But you have to live with the consequences. And at this point, the consequences are places, your work, your employers, and, and places that you're going to visit don't want you around. And so it's their choice to say, no, you're not allowed to be here anymore. We're going to let you go. Because when you start a job anywhere... In the United States, you sign a paper saying they have the right to fire you for any reason. I can bump into my manager at work. He'll fire me right there if he wants to. They have every fucking right to do it. So it is your choice to not get the vaccine. This country is not taking away your freedom and rights. It's your choice to not get it. But it is your employer's choice to fucking fire you because you're an absolute goddamn moron for not getting the fucking vaccine. The only reason you shouldn't be getting this vaccine is for medical reasons. I personally don't think there should be religious exemptions from vaccines, but that's a different conversation that we can have later. Stop being idiots. Get this fucking vaccine. Now, Texas, I said we'd come back to you real quick. It's your body, your choice, right? That's what you're saying. It's your body, your choice. You should be able to choose whether or not you get the vaccine. Then you can't make this law saying that women can't have abortions after six weeks. Because it's their body, their choice. You can't have both. You can only have one or the fucking other. Which one do you want? Your move, Texas. And now we move on to hard disagree with Tim Hansen. <laughs> uh, at the beginning of this, I thought Richie was just making like a general like, I agree with you. I agree with you. So that I could come in and be like, I disagree. Yeah. Uh, no, solid take. Mm -hmm. I think the only thing I'm not entirely sure is accurate is, uh, that they can fire you for literally anything at least the country, at least in New Jersey, at least in New Jersey. I sign a paper when I start work in New Jersey saying that they can fire me for literally anything. That's because I'm pretty sure Jersey and Pennsylvania are at will states. Not every state is an at will state. So there are some restrictions and things. So Mm -hmm. you, you were making a general countrywide sweeping statement. Which is accurate on every other merit, except for that yeah, yeah. tiny bit. That's it. That's yeah. all I had. That's fine. I, I was, I've been, like I said, I've been rehearsing this. I had two nine-hour drives that I was, like, rehearsing it towards. Because going into Ohio and seeing people hold up signs, I stand my, by my nurses who shouldn't be getting fired because they don't want the vaccine. I'm like, you know what? I stand by their choice to not get the vaccine, but I stand by the hospital for firing them for not getting this vaccine. There's a player in the NBA named Andrew Wiggins who just got denied his appeal to the league to not get the vaccine. So in in uh, California, I think in San Francisco, they have a rule that's like if you're employed there and you work in like X, you know, X size workspace, you are required to be vaccinated. It's not mm-hmm. a it's not like, you know, you can opt out and get tested every week. It's like you're you're vaccinated or you're not here. Yeah. And he tried to appeal and say uh, that he had a religious exemption based on his faith and uh, the league denied it. And uh, I saw a tweet about that was like the league really said that Andrew Wiggins doesn't know God like that. <laughs> so uh, uh, it's a good I take. Do have, I do have one other disagreement. Uh, the comparison of the my body, my choice. It's like, uh, yeah, but 
it's not really your body, your choice. It's everyone else's lives because of you don't want a pinprick in your arm that you aren't going to feel. Mm-hmm. So that's a false comparison but, in the favor of getting vaccines, but also still like a false equivalency. But coverage. but a lot a lot of people out there who are anti-vax and anti-getting the vaccine uh, I know that's and these what mandates, they say. they're just full they're, of shit. They're saying my body, my choice. And so I'm using that saying my mm-hmm. body, my choice to counter fucking Texas. That's it. And I mean fucking Texas in both ways. Um, I hate Texas. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that, that's been boiling in on over on me for the past couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. I was just, like I said, I was nervous. I was starting to get nervous before I did that take. Because hey, I was just like, good take. I was like, I don't know how they're going to react to this take, whether they're going to agree with it or not. Or, I mean, whether whether they don't agree with it, I just don't know how much of an argument this might make. And, no, well, like yeah. I say, it is a private employer's responsibility to make that decision. I think that the fact that the Biden administration has made that, that generally sort of sweeping uh executive order that like hey or, or not even executive order they're going through um osha and saying that like every employer mm-hmm. uh over the over 100 employees is uh required it, to have some sort of mask mandate and employers i can guarantee you are thrilled oh, because they is, wanted to make that decision and didn't have the uh the they didn't the want balls. to have, create a fight yeah. they didn't have the balls to do it uh they didn't have the uh to steal in wwe for term the testicular fortitude to, <laughs> to make that call on their own but now they can just be like well it's 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 freaking biden it's those OSHA. damn democrats it's osha, it's OSHA. Yeah. and listen I, I got some i got some questions about whether or not it's a good idea to have osha be doing vaccine stuff even though I've, if i agree with what the mm-hmm. ultimate end goal is it's this is still ultimately biden going one dude going to osha and saying make this rule like yeah. it, it wouldn't necessarily fly for anything else. However, however, uh, I still think employers should have that the ability to do exactly what you're talking about, Rich. Which yeah. is like, look, this is a workplace safety thing for us at this point. Exactly. Yeah. It is, I mean, I mean gotta yeah. mitigate liability. Yeah. My, my perspective on the OSHA aspect is, uh, I, I don't know if it's specifically OSHA or some other regulating body in a similar fashion, but it's like those laws are written in blood. And that's not a joke. Mm-hmm. Those things come apart, uh, come about because people die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So honestly, if you hate OSHA, then you just hate life. Well, I would say hate OSHA, but I, <laughs> there are definitely people who hate OSHA. Uh, I don't necessarily yeah. hate OSHA. I just don't like the would, idea of, of. I would just say it's less of a, I to me that comes across less of a political. Even if the conversation happened, it was probably mm-hmm. just like I'm sure OSHA was already working on something about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and this is this is the OSHA was the the avenue through which Biden was just like, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to get this passed through Congress, so I'm just gonna do it through OSHA. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, strong take, Rich. Very Thanks. good. Thanks. Um, strong. And uh, yeah, I got no follow ups for that. Mm. Yeah, hey. no, no, I got like a funny, witty remark that I can make at the end of that, like a nice capper. Nothing. It's a good take. A take that Tim mostly agreed with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, solid. There's a first. Sorry, I, I sorry I did not have a. <laughs> The hard, hard disagree with Tim Hansen showed <laughs> Rock hard disagree. There's, there's a first for everything. Uh, Tim, if people uh, want to see you agree with more Rich's takes on Twitter, where can they find you? Nowhere. It'll never happen again. <laughs> uh, how about if they want to see you disagreeing with his takes? At Tim R. Hansen. How about you, Rich? At B underscore walnuts. And how about you, Sean? At hey, it's SOB. You can follow me on Twitter at MKASNEL. That's M-K-A-S-Z-N-E-L. The podcast is on Twitter at brose underscore podcast. Uh, it's on Facebook at brose podcast. And it's on Instagram at brose underscore podcast. You can listen to our show anywhere where fine podcasts are bought and sold. And if you have a question you'd like us to answer on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. 
Special thanks, as always, to Mary O'Brien for compiling our questions. To Tess Riley, who edits our show. To Shannon Vogel, who designed our world-famous logo. You can find Shannon's work at Shannon Vogel Photography and Art on Facebook and on Etsy.com. And our theme music is When by Steven Siebert. You can listen to Steven's work at the Free Music Archive. All right, it's plugs time, everybody. Rich, uh, talk to us about your streaming and your uh, your PodQuest stuff. Twitch.tv slash B underscore Walnuts for uh, video game streaming Monday through Thursday, generally 7 to 10 o'clock. My uh, schedule might change in the near future, but we'll see. Uh, as well as uh, uh, you can go to www.1-quest.com to find all of our socials and RSS feeds for both PodQuest as well as the upcoming uh, bonus action at Tabletop Podcast. Sean, talk to me about your frisbees. Whoosh. Yo, I throw them at OB Disc Golf yeah. everywhere except Instagram, where is OB underscore Disc Golf. Co-host the soon-to-be-coming in October, the Taste Fakers podcast. Uh, we got two episodes in the bag. We're dropping a few of them in October. Uh, if you ever wanted to see what the connection is between uh, Run the Jewels and System of a Down, uh, between Def Leppard and Andrew WK, uh, between Tom Waits and Thrice, you finally found the podcast that you've been jonesing for for a while because my brother and I, Alex Casnell, will take two albums uh, from music history uh, and find a way to connect them all while discussing their history, discussing their personnel, discussing the music itself, and just having a damn good time uh, critiquing uh, some of our favorite tunes. So the Taste Fakers podcast, we have a little promo up on our on our apple podcasts feed and our soundcloud feed right now uh, but the episodes uh fresh episodes will be coming in october we're very excited to get this one off the ground and tim talk to us about our friends at the anchor persons podcast no <laughs> okay for Sorry. tim hansen sean o'brien <laughs> wait 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 uh greg and gene over at the anchor persons podcast the wonderful professionals reporting from the southeast of the northwest uh it's the news you didn't know you needed because it's funny and entertaining whereas the rest of the news is sad and depressing uh if you like our sense of humor you'll love these guys um yeah my brain stopped they got a snappy new logo now they do they do yeah very profesh yeah yeah I've, i've been i've been slacking yeah, they got a snappy new logo. They got that that booming voiceover dude that mm-hmm. you've been talking to us about, Tim. Uh, it's Adam a West. pretty solid Adam, operation. Adam over West, there. not the Adam West, but yeah. an Adam West. It'd be great yeah. if they just like spliced together Adam West clips from <laughs> '60s to 2000s. And it would make see. me laugh very yeah. much. Welcome to the Anchor Persons Podcast, presented um, from the south and east of the Northwest. Yeah, yeah, but it's like broken up, so it's like Family Guy and Batman. Yeah. Like just, just the quality's different. Uh, Anchor Persons Podcast, great friends of the show, uh, great show that they put on there. Uh, you just find them on Anchor Persons. Uh, search for them on Google. Search for them on Apple Podcasts. You'll find them. It's a great program. All right, everyone. Say goodbye to the dental listeners. Bye. 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 For Tim Anson, Rich Sweeten, Sean O'Brien, and the entire Action Moves team. My name is Matt Casnell, reminding you all to be smart about being stupid. Wow! I don't wanna!